baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Face Connecticut. I'm Morgan Cunningham on WTIC News Talk 1080, Light 100.5 WRCH and 96.5 TIC. Our guest this week is James Rakowski. He's president of the Hartford Police Union. We're going to be discussing several issues facing police in the capital city. Good morning, James. Welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you, sir? I'm good and happy to have you on the program. I really appreciate your time in investing in uh, the Hartford Police Union. You know, James, I remember about a year ago doing an interview actually with someone else from Hartford Police, and they were talking about efforts to recruit and retain new officers. And so let's just start off with a general update. Where are things with recruitment and retention among police officers in our capital city? Within our capital city, we're still about where we were a year ago. We're averaging about 40%, 47% retention. So since 2018, we've recruited about 170 officers that have gone through our academy, and we've only been able to hold on to 81 of them. Do those numbers surprise you at all? No, they don't. I look at those numbers, and I think there are a multitude of factors. I think one of the biggest ones are the pension benefits, the insurance benefits, and the pay benefits. So you're looking at the big three that usually unions or police departments are looking at for their membership. And how does this compare to other police agencies um, or comparable cities, at least in Connecticut? If you look at our surrounding towns, when we went from, so I was hired a little bit before they went to, actually a little after they went to a 25-year plan. Right now I'm in my 19th year. So I should be retiring technically in about 10 months, but I have another five years on top of that. The surrounding towns went to a 25-year contract, and somehow the big cities adopted that, Bridgeport, New Haven, Waterbury, and Hartford. But if you look at the call volume that those cities do and that Hartford does compared to the surrounding towns, we got extended another five years in an environment that is a meat grinder for mental health. And we didn't get the comparable pay. I think Weathersfield is currently negotiating a contract where their patrol officers are going to make $110,000. Hartford's at eighty-six. That's a big I, difference. It's a big difference. And how do I tell a young officer that's coming on and be honest with him and go, hey, we have plenty of opportunities in Hartford, and we do. I think that's one of our major selling points. You know, we have a Marine division. We have our SWAT division. We have a ton of detective positions. There's plenty of movement within the department, but the first five to seven years, you're going to be in our patrol division, learning the job, honing your skills, 
becoming better. But when I'm asking an officer to make $86,000 and he's literally looking a quarter mile across the road at someone making 110 and doing 10 times less work, it's a hard sell. How do you find their reaction when you have that conversation with them, James? As a sergeant and as the union president, it is difficult because I have to be honest with these young men and women. When I'm on the street or the other sergeants or the other lieutenants on the street and we have a critical incident, they have to trust me. They believe that I'm not going to be truthful with them. When I'm asking them to help me negotiate a hostage situation or we're doing some sort of search warrant execution along those lines, they have to trust that we're telling them the truth. So we are honest with them, but we do have a lot of good things in Harvard. It's the pension, the pay, and the insurance. They're hard sells. They're really hard sells. You're asking me to have someone commit to doing a lot more work for a lot less pay. That's hard. James, do you ever find or hear concerns from people who are interested in becoming officers about news concerning police, frustration with politics, for instance? Does that ever come up? Absolutely. The city of Hartford did a climate study, and then that was in 2020, and then in 2022, they did a follow-up. One of the, or the primary concern that came out of that study was how police are viewed in the media. 2020 changed the dynamic, changed the lens of how policing is viewed. And it's very difficult. It's very difficult when you have city council members or you have state legislators or federal um, representatives that aren't supportive of you. I believe the Obama study in 2012, I believe it came out, said the only really functioning cog in the system is the police. The other systems need to be revamped. And I know you look at that. I don't think Obama was really looking when he did that study to shine a light on us saying we were doing a good job. So it, it kind of backfired a little bit, but it did also show that we're only about 5% of the solution. And when you have media constantly crushing you, defaming you, who wants to do that job and the restrictions that you've currently put upon us? How do I tell a young officer you could do everything right and because society looked at it and went, you know something, I just don't like the way it looked. And you, we're going to want, we're going to want your job and you might get it back in four to five years, but you're going to, lose your house, lose your car, God forbid you have a family. Imagine putting someone's family through that stress. How do I sell that? James Rakowski is my guest this morning. He's president of the Hartford Police Union. And in talking about recruitment and retention among officers, there are people that are still doing it, and there is still interest and respect for the profession by people out there. Maybe it's harder to find them or convince them to give it a shot, but I do know that there are people who are very interested in the line of work still, James. And so my question to you is, even after you've had these difficult conversations with somebody who's interested in police work and they still say, yes, I'm going to do it, and they become an officer, 
what do you think makes them say yes? What do you think gets them to stay on? Why do they do it? It's a good question. I think when you look at one, we're a different breed. I'll start there. And I mean that not only in the policing sense, but when you have teachers and you have nurses and you have people that are consistently underpaid, I believe that it is a calling for your soul, that there is an internal reward for you, and that the benefits need to be there so you can support your family, but they are willing to do that because of an internal reward system for themselves through that. And you look at this from the perspective of media. Could we do better in the media? And I think, I believe what you said, there are a lot of good people out there that support the police, that support the teachers, support the nurses and the doctors that are consistently sacrificing to make this world better. But we're always on the back page of a newspaper. When was the last time there was, hey, look how well the Hartford police did this. Look how well Bridgeport or New Haven or Waterbury or even Wethersfield or Windsor. Where's the front page of us just doing our job day in and day out? We do phenomenal work. And I think it would be, well, I don't think it'd be, I think it is time for the people that know that we do a good job to speak up and show that appreciation, to have that recognition of the people that do sacrifice to keep our city safe every single day. James, if there are people who feel that way and if there are people interested in going into policing because they feel that way, where do you find them? I believe our recruiting has to get better, but I think the concept of policing, what we're trying to sell, has to change. There is a generation that is coming up, and I don't think the model of what we have. So you have me that, I'll. oh, you need me to work 80 hours? Oh, that's great. I can work 100 hours. Meanwhile, wife and your kids are home. Our divorce rate is through the roof. I think it's somewhere in the context of 70% in this generation's coming up this and they'd like to work 40 hours and they want to be paid well for what they do because what we're asking them to do is extremely difficult. I don't believe this generation's looking at wanting to work 70 to 80 hours and not be able to enjoy life or enjoy their family or their kids. And I don't think that's a bad philosophy. When you look at what the old school mentality of an officer. Well, they can work on their pension. Well, yeah, they can work on their pension, but what type of life do you have when you're working 120 hours? And some of the younger officers see some of the senior officers right now working on their pension and they're always here. They're not with their families. And they look at that and go, well, I could be that guy in 25 years working like a demon, or I can go across to Weathersfield or Windsor or West Hartford. Bloomfield. And I could work my 40 hours, get a decent amount of money and spend time with my family. So I think the messaging that we have to have has to be retooled. And I think one of the ways to do that is to sit there and make Harford one of the shining stars. Bring us up to 110,000. Sit there and have people want to come to Harford and stay here. Yes. It is a high 
volume city with calls. There's a lot of things to do. It's very fast paced, but we're going to reward you financially for coming into this arena and doing the things that we need you to do because we want you to stay. We want you to continue your career here. In this generation that's coming up, I believe that if we're going to keep them and retain them, that has to be part of our message. James Rakowski, my guest this morning on Face Connecticut. He is the president of the Hartford Police Union. James, if we're talking about pay and those kinds of things, benefits, to help keep police retained within the city of Hartford and to recruit them, first of all, you know, now we're kind of getting into a little bit of politics, and you guys have a brand new mayor, Arunan Aralampalam. How are conversations going with him? Have you met with him yet? Is he feeling the same level of desire, do you think, to get to that $110,000? I had met with him prior to the election. I have not met with him after the election. He's got quite a few things on his plate, and he is rather busy. Do I hope to meet with him in the next couple months and sit down and have a discussion about his vision for the city and how that's going to correspond to public safety? I think that's very important. He's going to have to make some very difficult decisions when it comes to how we're going to keep this police department together. In March uh, 2028, we have 32 officers in varying ranks that are going to retire. Now, we're in a bubble currently because we did go from a 20 to a 25-year pension. So we do not have a lot of retirements coming from 2022 or actually 2023 to 2028. But those retirements begin in 2028. There's 32 people. They're in the next year, 2029, there's 59 people. You're losing 72, 79 people within a year and a half, and it's taken us currently six years to hold on to 81 people, how are you going to fill that gap? You need to retain officers. You get them in the door now, and you need to make sure that they're trained appropriately. You cannot have the senior leadership that is currently here walk out the door without passing all the knowledge on. As we continue our conversation and shift a little bit from recruitment to some other issues because we've passed the halfway point, James, and I did want to get to a few other topics, but they kind of go hand in hand, right? You know, you can't be an officer if you can't handle difficult situations and you guys are faced with some very serious situations every single day. And so my next question to you to kind of shift the conversation a little bit this morning on Face Connecticut is about how you guys deal with struggles within society. I'm talking about homelessness, addiction, emotionally disturbed individuals, because you guys have to be mentally prepared to handle a whole range of situations. We do. And our training division, our academy, does a good job preparing us for this. But there's nothing compared to the real-life scenarios. And we'll go back to the political arena on this a little bit, because when you want to look at homelessness and you want to look at mental health, when Malloy closed the mental health facilities, I don't believe there is 
I don't think it's much of a stretch to look at, why do we have so many homeless people? Well, I don't know. You close the mental health facilities. These people need structure. They need guidance. And you took that away. Whether it was to save money, I I don't know. And then the protocols to put in the place for the youth coming up. What are we doing for the youth that have mental health issues? Are they just going to age out in whatever facility they are at age 18 and then become on the streets and homeless too? But that's what, that's a society failure that the legislators are asking us to respond to. And again, we're 5% of the solution. We're a gateway to social services. You know, sometimes it's for addiction. Sometimes it's for mental health. Sometimes it's for incarceration. We're not responsible for all those, but we're definitely the liaison to those social services. And it's difficult. We can consistently see an increase for our response to people with mental health issues. And I don't believe it's going to be going down anytime soon. It's a tremendous strain on police resources, especially when, again, we're in a retention and recruitment problem. Do you know or have you thought of, perhaps with your colleagues or other police unions, any possible solutions or anything that might help the growing situation? I have not talked to other police departments about it. I have talked to them about mental health and the issues that they've dealt with because you always want to have an overview and do kind of like an end of action review. How did you handle this? How did you handle that? But a lot of the services are in our big cities. Those mental health services, they're in Bridgeport, in Waterbury, New Haven, and Hartford. So we're going to have a higher concentration of those mental health issues here, and we're going to be responding to them. So now I haven't talked to other departments. Um, have the bigger cities, have I talked to the union members? Yes, there doesn't seem to be a solution right now. But again, I look at that and go, that's a society issue. Like we, the society, society has to get better and do something. And maybe it's legislation, making sure that there's structure and services for these people, because that's what they need. They don't need a Hartford police officer responding with a Kevlar vest and a firearm. That That's not, again, we're not the solution. Social services, the solution and society has got to get better at navigating that. They don't want us on those calls. And I can mean sincerely, we don't want to be on those calls, but the legislation that was passed is that when someone has mental health issues, they gave us the right to seize them because it was easy. It was easy legislation to pass under the fourth amendment. Oh, who can seize people? Well, the police can. Let's give them a little training in that arena, have them fill out a state form, and then they can commit somebody for 72 hours. They provided that opportunity for us. And that's truly not our responsibility. My responsibility is to investigate criminal aspects, not to respond to somebody with a mental health issue and then commit them. I believe that is just lazy legislation. And maybe in the future, that could be worked on where you have state or city people responding with the power to commit somebody because they see that. 
And granted, sometimes it is a violent situation where, okay, well, that's where we do need to respond because that's where our training is. But the overwhelming evaluation of mental health, that's a completely different field. That, that's not our responsibility, nor should it be. Weren't there talks at some point, James, of having, and I don't know if this was just in Hartford, if this was statewide or maybe somewhere else, but weren't there talks that mental health providers or caregivers, I should say, would respond to certain calls, maybe a domestic situation before police to evaluate it to see if they could de-escalate it, like a community response, if you will? And Hartford does have that. We do have people responding, and it does work, and it has been successful. The issue that arises consistently is, is the scene safe? So there's very few times that you're going to have mental health professions professionals stepping out on a call, and especially if someone has a history of being violent, they're going to want the police on standby. We don't have the resources to consistently stand by for every mental health call. It's a drain on our resources. I don't know the solution to that, but to consistently have us respond while the other agencies are responding for an emotionally disturbed person, there's got to be a better solution for that. James, are there any other issues you guys are facing that we haven't discussed? We're down to our last few minutes here on Face Connecticut. And uh, I'd like to pick your brain more, but uh, the time being what it is, anything else that you'd like to add? I think that overall, the people in Hartford, um, the stakeholders in the community, truly support the police. And I want to say from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate that. There's sometimes that people walk up there and they say, hey, you know, officer, I really appreciate the job that you do. And usually my response to that is, hey, I appreciate you behaving. It makes my job easier. Hartford is a good city. It has plenty of potential. But for it to transcend into what I believe Arunin's vision is, we're going to need a stronger public safety sector to make sure people feel safe that live in the city and that want to come into the city. We need growth. And if people are afraid to come in or invest their capital in the city, we're not going to have the results that we need. And if that safety, that safety is only going to come from police presence. Don't you guys still do coffee with a cop? from time to time throughout the city? We did one, I want to say, back in August. My vice president, I believe we're on Albany Avenue, and we did one. And it was successful. I mean, What do you guys that, hear? That, hmm? What do you guys usually hear when you do those? We always have a good response. We really... There are people in the community that consistently give us praise and acknowledgement for the job that we do. Somehow it just doesn't translate into the media when the police need support. We need people, and I think maybe that's just the good nature, you know, nature of people sometimes, that we think, oh, they got it, they're going to be okay. It's like, no, step up and show your support. Acknowledge that. Acknowledge that someone did a good job. Praise them for what they did. And again, hold us accountable for things that we do wrong. 
And I think that's why we have a great relationship with our communities, because when we mess up, they're like, yeah, man. And then when we do things well, they do recognize it's just not on the stage that it currently needs to be. James, I appreciate your coming on Face Connecticut this morning. I'm sorry we're out of time, but I'd love to talk more another time. Thanks for coming on. Morgan, greatly appreciate your time. Thank you, sir. All right. You take care. You too. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 